On this episode of the 132 Breeze podcast, we talk about a thrilling comeback victory in overtime by the Badgers. Jonathan Taylor was a beast. We also have some basketball on the docket. We continue to bring back a segment of Walk Around Campus. Other college football that's going on in the week, Big Ten football in Nebraska. How basketball is back. Daytime basketball is back. Little NFL with the Bears and the Packers as long as the coaching search for the Browns, Bucks and Bulls, and the return of Casey's corner kick. All right, let's start the show. with another episode of the 132 Breeze Podcast. As always, this is Marlo, co-host, joined by Kate. It is Axe Week. We'll get to that in a minute. But it is the week of Thanksgiving, Casey. And we'd be remiss to not talk about what we are thankful for. That's right. And in uh, the spirit of, of the week, at least, before we all mentally turn over to Christmas, uh, <laughs> let's... I talk about what we are sports thankful for. So I guess I'll start immediately. Uh, I guess with the most immediate one is one Jonathan Taylor. I mean, we'll talk about him in more detail uh, when we recap the Badger uh, game this week. But what a performance. Thank you to him. Yeah, that's a good one. I I would go <laughs> more general, and I'm thankful yeah. for uh, the 2018 Badger football. Um, oh wow! Yeah, I'm thankful that this is like the only time that we suck, and every <laughs> every, every other year we'll we'll not. So this is the one off. So what I'm a thankful for what that. a what a what a roundabout way <laughs> to uh, to thank the team for the content, right? Thank you for, yeah, the, content. for the content. What this occasionally depressing content? Yeah. Uh, I'll take it back even a step farther, and I guess as a general. Uh, Badger uh, sports fan. I want to give a maybe a Hall of Fame thank you to uh, Barry Alves and Bo Ryan, uh, who built the programs that we now uh, decided to start a podcast for. So uh, I guess from the immediate to the the Hall of Fame, uh, thank yous, Barry and Bo. Yeah, Barry and Bo are, are basically the reasons we are talking into your ears right now. So that's a yep. good one. I like that. Definitely, definitely. Um, I'll stick with that. I'll, I'll be thankful. At least so far <laughs> for Badger basketball, uh, yeah. as it looks like, and we'll talk about this later. It's not the same as last two seasons. Yeah, yeah. So far, so good. Uh, and again, thank you for the content that <laughs> carries us from football season till, I guess, March Madness and and so on. So, uh, thank you to that. All right, then I'll do a, a general. Uh, I'd say. Big three, uh, big three uh, of Wisconsin sports right now to one Aaron Rodgers, Giannis, and Christian MVP Yelich uh, for uh, making uh, the Wisconsin sports scene uh, as exciting as uh, probably across the board it's been in forever, probably, if you average the talent of all the teams. So thank you to those guys being a part of my life, playing in my state. Very exciting. I got thanks that Casey will enjoy. I am thankful for Matt Na- uh, for the Bears and company, Mac Nagy, uh, Khalil Mack, Mitch Kabisky, <laughs> and the boys. It's currently sitting in first place in the North yeah. at seven and three. So very, very thankful Kinda, that uh, this is very unusual to be thankful and cheering and have a chance yeah. at this point in the season. Uh, Follow up. Thank you to John Gruden on that. Right. <laughs> yes. Thanks, John. Gruden. <laughs> Yeah. Um, all right. So that's what we're thankful oh, for. Uh, oh, you have one more. more. I'm no, sorry. No, no, no problem. Also, I'm thankful that the Bulls are winning half of basketball games. <laughs> so they have, we'll probably talk about this a little later, but they are really good at winning yeah. half of a basketball game. Yeah. So I'm thankful yeah, for one that. of the halves. I'm thankful for that. One of the halves. They, they have it sometimes win. So yeah. there you go. All right. <laughs> that's what we are thankful for this year um, as we. 
contemplate uh, the the holiday season. Uh, Marlo, I think we should start uh, today's podcast. Uh, normally, we just, I guess we'll still dive right into the football, but kind of bring back a, a segment that we had back when there were more sports happening. And now that there are more sports happening on campus, let's start with our walk around campus segment. All right, let's do it. All right, so on campus, starting with, I guess, as I alluded to, the football uh, football team uh, played Purdue, won uh, a, I'd say, a very strange game, um, 47-44 in triple overtime. Uh, game got off to a real slow start. I think it was uh, 10-3 at halftime. Yes, 10-3 <laughs> at halftime. Uh, Wisconsin came back, took a 13-10 lead before Wisconsin forgot how to tackle um, <laughs> it seemed like, and allowed Purdue to uh, go all the way up to a twenty-seven to thirteen lead, and then Jack Cohn woke up from his seemingly game and a half slumber, uh, found Danny Davis for two touchdowns, and mixed in with some uh, Jordan Taylor uh, touchdowns as well um, for a, I would say, an improbable comeback victory, being down twenty-seven thirteen in the fourth quarter, tying it up, uh, and. I guess holding on to the tie they had to at the end of the game and then uh, winning in overtime. Yeah, it was a very strange roller coaster of a ride. Obviously, going into the game as a fan, I wasn't all that enthusiastic about it. Getting down mm-hmm. early made that even more so. Uh, I was talking offline before we turned on the mics to Casey that I, I was in my mind at the beginning of the fourth quarter. I'm like, we are not spending any time on this game <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> Because uh, it just it just looked bad, um, but that being said, the f- with the improbable comeback, it is improbable. Yeah. Did you like? There's no way I thought that this Badger team, within a seven minute span, could score two touchdowns. Yeah, I just didn't I think, think it was a thing. at that point uh, I was sitting around with with a couple of our uh, mutual friends and the attitude in the room was more or less some of this were explicitly stating it not me though i never had a doubt uh (laughs) we're explicitly stating like they give up on the team the season's over you know what have you uh and we're more or less checking out on the game i mean and to be fair when it was 27 13 um purdue had just scored in their last three possessions two touchdowns and then the last score was a field goal it seemed like we couldn't stop them we couldn't move the ball i think we had three three and outs with while they were racking up all these points um and i, I looked uh, i guess in my preparation for the podcast and you know how they have the win probability oh, yeah. percentage yeah. that over there uh when it was third and goal uh from the from the one yard line uh this was when it was 24 to 13 uh purdue was a 96 percent chance to win the game it went down a little bit when they kicked a field goal to 92 percent chance but that's what the odds thought and i would say that i was probably about that level too 95 96 percent chance we're not winning that that game uh given the way the year has gone the way uh cohen has played uh but we got i guess the first part of that improbable comeback is that stop on third and goal held it to a field goal uh keeping the score at 27 instead of 31 yeah you, you speak of that uh that that stop uh at third and one at the goal line, and that was all due to, to Van Ginkle, and I think we have to mention him because uh, yeah. he had a hell of a game. He, uh, I forgot who he chased down, but he chased him down to the one because that was a clear touchdown if he didn't make that hustle play. Early in the game, he made the hustle play run behind to knock the ball out of the runner's hand and went through the end zone. Uh, so those yeah. were also the points we kept off the board. Dumbest rule in football. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's dumb. <laughs> But yeah, I, this is a I enjoyed rule. it at that that this one instance I really enjoyed. But other than that, this instance, yeah, it's a really it re- yeah, it really worked. But yeah, he was all over the field, uh, you know, making plays, and those were two really big ones that kept points off the board that we would not have been able to overcome. Yeah, definitely. And I got, I think the unsung play of the game uh, when it w- when it was a tie game with a minute left, uh, Wisconsin was pinned back. I think on our fifteen ish something like that. Uh, Connor Allen comes in, hammers a fifty yard punt. Uh, from his own 11, I wrote that down. There we go. With one minute left. His previous punts were 39 yards, 35, 27, 37, and 31. And he blasts a 50-yarder to uh, help keep Purdue out of field goal range and prevent them from winning in uh, regulation. That was as about as un- unlikely to happen, I think, yeah. as Cone throwing two touchdowns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hammering that. Yeah. Cone, Cone 
Yeah, that that fourth quarter, he came. Well, first of all, he started off the game better than he ever did. He with the thirty three yard pass. So I thought maybe he'd be yeah. a good game, but then the lull came. But the the, mm-hmm. the fourth quarter, those two touchdown drives, he had yep. uh, those two touchdown throws, both to Danny Davis. The first one was Danny Davis, which going to be somewhere in the catch of the year on someone's reel. Yeah, that was. Now I I don't feel I think I've had this rant before. I don't feel like every one handed catch should get you know the Odell Beckham comparison. But that mm-hmm. one should, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, reached reached out, grabbed it with his hand, pulled it back into his chest as he's falling down, maintaining uh, possession of it as he uh, through through the ground, as they say. Uh, it was it was something else. Yeah. It was yeah, it was incredible. Um, and then, like I said, Jonathan Taylor. What more can you say? Yeah. Was it three hundred twenty-one yards? Yeah, thirty-three carries, three twenty-one, three touchdowns. Obviously, including the seventeen-yard game winner as he's just knocking the would-be tacklers to the ground yeah it's just he was just yeah he was a man starting off the second half with that 80-yard touchdown that was fun um yeah yeah he was just he was just a beast and just unstoppable that game that's what i like yep. to see jordan sorry for doubting you ever <laughs> <laughs> all right uh next week coming up is that i do you have anything no, else on the on the game? on the game all right all right i just <sighs> Relieved uh, more than anything. What an exciting finish that was. Next week, as Marlo mentioned, is the battle for the axe. Uh, I think, uh, how many years has it been, Marlo, since we have not won the axe? And I feel like, I feel like you feel like the way, the weight, the pressure Pressure's on. Uh, is on you, at least, if not the Badgers. Yeah, pressure is on <laughs> you, me. You are feeling I the pressure. I feel the pressure. I don't know. I mean, the game, uh, this past game, Maybe kind of up and down about Minnesota, but also seeing Minnesota play some other games makes me a little feel a little better. Yeah, just I don't. I think Cohen is going to start. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, Hornybrook's still uh, in question. So I, who yeah. knows? But probably who Cohen. Knows? But just yeah, I'm in. I'm. I'll be. Uh, I'll be nervous. I'm nervous leading up to it. I just don't want to lose the axe. If anything, just don't lose the axe. Yeah, I think we always uh, joke. I think you have this similar stat or joke or what have you, but uh, the Badger Twitter account tweeted out that uh, Minnesota has never tweeted about winning the Axe because <laughs> the last time they won it, Twitter didn't yeah. exist. And I think there's a similar thing about YouTube yeah. or something. I'm not exactly sure, yeah. but uh, yeah, that's one of our, our running lines. And I guess someday that will yeah. end. I don't think it will be this year. I think Cone uh, showed he can play better, and I think... He will play better at home. Not that he played poorly in this game, but we'll have a chance to play at home for the first time uh, if he does play. Um, and I expect uh, a victory. I think we opened up 10.5-point favorites. Uh, that said, every time we've been big favorites, yep. we haven't really performed up to that uh, so far this year. But I feel like this Purdue win was finally a, while it was close, was a significant win uh, that we can look back and, and get some confidence from. Um, leading into this into this game, yeah. So I'm I'm ho- ex- hoping for a win. Um, nervous about it, but not as nervous as I was. Let's say right after the Penn State game. <laughs> okay. All right. So we're getting the axe. We're chopping down the goalposts. We're gonna end the season on a high. Well, in the regular season on a high note. Yeah, I'm sure. That's what that's what I'll say. Uh, one note, uh, other football note before I move on. Uh, former Badger, uh, TJ Watt set the Steelers record with the most sacks in his first two years with 16. And I guess he set it in a year and a half. So congratulations to him. Uh, I would not have anticipated him having uh, the success that his older brother, obviously, JJ had. But he is having it. And uh, maybe even then some because he's staying healthy. It's it's pretty crazy. So congratulations to yeah. him. Congratulations, Watt family. Can you make another? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's too late. Too, too late, late for that. Um, we got to wait however many years till they all start having kids and then they can all uh, go to Wisconsin. Okay. Uh, all right. On to the round ball uh, on campus still. Uh, Badgers basketball now 3-0 and uh, with wins over Xavier and Houston Baptist last week. Uh, I guess I'd like to talk a little bit more about the win at Xavier. Maybe just highlight a couple uh, stats for you, Marlo. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ethan Happ with 30 points and 13 rebounds. Uh, Demetric Trice staying hot from three, going five for five for 22 points. 
Davison, also effective, 7 for 12 for 19 points. And then someone on Twitter went out and called him Wisconsin's big three. Oh, no. I was like, no, you got to be kidding me. Can never escape it. Can never escape it. Although, uh, so all of those playing very well, although the ending was probably nervier than it needed to be uh, with the Badgers missing free throws down the stretch. Uh, it still was a, a ended up being a comfortable margin, but it we were winning by a insurmountable amount so it seemed if we just made our free throws uh, we didn't made it closer uh, I'm not sure that the Xavier team is the team that they've been in the past few years they lost quite a few starters and obviously their coach um, that said they played Auburn pretty tough today in whatever uh, tropical tournament that they're in um, but it should end up being a pretty good resume builder uh, down the stretch uh, when we look back I think yeah that uh, it was a good game it was a game on the road um, at Xavier yeah. on uh, you know an actual road game, not a neutral site. That was good to see. I am just so surprised with how Trice has been playing uh, this early mm-hmm. part. He is shooting crazy from the outside. He's also dishing the ball very well, uh, which is really kind of opening things up for Hap and, and Davidson. Mm-hmm. Um, it's nice to have you know Davidson's not playing out. It doesn't looks a lot more comfortable not playing out of position. Um, mm-hmm. They did it last season, um, so that's you know that's kind of the reason. As I mentioned before, it doesn't look like the same team uh, for last year. Uh, the only kind of negative thing I had for that game was, and this seems to be a problem for Greg Gard's teams, is they just let teams back in 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 mm-hmm. the late goings, uh, whether they're up or they're down. Um, it just doesn't seem like they can close out a game the proper way, and that's kind of scary. Yeah, I mentioned the missed free throws. I think there was a really bad turnover by Trice uh, as well at the end there, uh, just not not handling things down the stretch uh, the way they should, definitely. Um, so moving on from that, they went on to host Houston Baptist, uh, won comfortably 96-59, uh, took care of business. Um, it was the first real extended look that I think, uh, at least that I got on uh, Reavers, who's like, 30 pounds heavier or something and Kobe King who got some minutes but I didn't see uh, get the extended minutes I got in this game it was good to see them back out there uh, contributing uh, during the game uh, Ethan Hatt became the all-time leading rebounder uh, for the Wisconsin basketball program so congratulations to him uh, I f- I think that when we get a little bit removed from the Ethan Happ Ethan Happ era mm-hmm. um, while the wins may not be what we have recently come to expect uh, out of Wisconsin, we're going to look back at uh, one heck of a, a basketball player that I don't think uh, myself, I'll speak, I guess, just for myself, that I don't appreciate uh, probably as much as I should uh, right now. Yeah. That might change if we win more, <laughs> continue to win more games. I'll appreciate him a little bit more. But uh, what he's able to do from uh, you know the triple-double to all-time leader in rebounds to the way he can score over bigger guys that, and his uh, vision on the court and passing ability um, – He's a very talented basketball player, and I don't think uh, I do uh, a good enough job. And I would say Badger fans in general do a good enough job appreciate him while he's here. But yeah, I don't know. he's a he's a throw, little, little throwback throwback big man that's just getting it done. Which you know yeah. his kind are, are becoming extinct. Um, but he'll probably if he keeps this up, he's going to have more records uh, fall in this season. I'm sure of. Yeah, um, I'll check with my stats department. <laughs> I don't know that for a fact. Yeah, yeah, I'll get back. But I'm pretty sure that's going to happen. Uh, but what did you yeah. think of your boy Ben Bruss on the the color commentary for that for that game? I think it was his first one. You give him a grade. I did not even realize it was. Him. <laughs> I, was, I, was <laughs> I was watching it. Yeah, I was I I was with uh with other people, so we were kind of talking gotcha. during the game more so than we were listening to the commentary. Okay, so. it was okay. I give I mean for his first time, I'll give him a solid. I'll give him a solid B minus. I know he was in the studio. He was he was pretty good there. Uh, the last couple of years or maybe it was just last year uh but i'll keep an ear out for him and and you know we'll have the re- again we'll have the research team look into it and get and get back yeah. to when do we get interns to do this stuff for us <laughs> <laughs> any day oh, now any man. day any... Now. we are accepting applications for people who want to intern for free <laughs> <laughs> we'll try to get you credit or something but yeah Probably won't happen probably either. Probably not. Probably not. It's just you know, it's just a fun work environment. And yeah, we're very relaxed. It's still, it's still good experience. Yeah. Anyway, it's got a good <laughs> culture. Um, <laughs> anything else in the basketball game? Uh, this week coming up, uh, Badgers are in the the battle for Atlantis. It starts uh, tomorrow. So hopefully, if you're listening to this on 
uh, excuse me, not tomorrow, it starts Wednesday, uh, which is maybe tomorrow if you're listening to it, Tuesday, time, power of time through podcasting, uh, play Stanford, and then we go on to face either Florida or Oklahoma, depending on the results of both of those games. Um, and then I didn't look beyond that. Uh, West Virginia is in there, and Dayton, uh, and Middle Tennessee. So these are all possible opponents, depending on the results of the games. So uh, the team is down there in paradise uh, for the Battle of Atlantis. Yeah. Um, are so, you going? You going well, to the Bahamas? No, no not going to the <laughs> okay. Bahamas. Not on my uh, list so to just, do this week. Just be ready for the 300 shots of Atlantis uh, during these games and how it's an yeah. awesome beach and with dolphins. If you didn't know, yeah, other things. Um, okay, so paradise. It's awesome. great. Continuing right. our walk around campus. Yep, we have a couple other things. I just want to update our fellow fans on that happened around campus. Men's hockey had a tough weekend. Dropped two at Ohio State, uh, losing zero to four and one to three. They're five and six on the year, and it doesn't get much easier next weekend. They are at number fourteen, Michigan. Uh, women's hockey is a better story, however. They had a sweep of Bemidji State. Uh, winning 5-0 and 3-0 next weekend, or this coming weekend, rather, they are against Harvard, and the women's team, uh, the Badgers hockey team, is still ranked number one. Um, Women's basketball is off to a good start, like the men's team. They are 3-0. They're playing IUPUI. That's probably over now, so... uh, (laughs) They may be 3-1 or 4-0. Who knows? Uh, Yeah. Uh, and they are in their own tournament in the Music City Challenge over this holiday weekend down in Nashville. Uh, volleyball uh, continues to play well, winning three, uh, both games 3-0 to zero over Ohio State and Maryland. They're ranked seventh in the country and have some games coming up this weekend as well. Uh, and I guess the biggest winner uh, on campus this week was Morgan McDonald. Uh, a cross-country star won the individual men's title. Uh, in the article, it said, on a day that required healthy supplies of Carmex and Gore-Tex, at 30 degrees, gray skies, with a dusting of snow on the ground, McDonald won his home layout uh, with a time of 29 minutes, 8.3 seconds over 10 kilometers. That does not sound fun to me, but congratulations, Morgan, <laughs> on that. Carmex and Gore-Tex, my God. All Congratulations. Right. <laughs> national titles is what we do. National Undefeated in basketball, titles. just call us basketball. You, uh, <laughs> yeah. Right. We're in national titles in cross country. Uh, the team, uh, men's team finished in eighth overall. Um, so that is all that I have for a walk around campus. Uh, let us know, uh, I guess, uh, if you guys tweet at us, at Prof Badger Fan at Marlo Jr., at the 132 Breeze. If you like uh, us going through this, it's uh, fun for me to to talk about and run through, um, but I don't know if you guys, uh, our fellow fans, like it. So let us yeah. know if we should keep doing it or not. Yeah, let us um, know. You can you... also let us know by leaving a five-star review and then let us know if you like yeah. it or not, but just make sure it's a five-star you review. You can say yeah. whatever you if want. It's not, if it's not a five-star, then um, <laughs> please don't leave a review. <laughs> uh, I, swear. I mean, a four, sure. Leave a four. We'll take five. four. Five or nothing. Uh, no, just five. All right. Uh, all right, uh, that's it on our campus, Marlo. Let's take a look at other campuses, uh, starting with uh, football. And where do you want to start here? Let, let's start with Big Ten weather, Big Ten football. <laughs> it's ground and pound, run the ball, run the ball, punt, field goal every once in a while. Michigan State yeah. at Nebraska it had a vicious 9-6 to six finish. Yeah. Some might say 6-9. to nine. <laughs> Some might say. Um, but yeah, snow on the ground flying around. And weirdly enough, I found myself drawn to this game and I could not turn away because I was just like, are they going to score a touchdown? Can they score a touchdown? <laughs> it was zero to six Michigan State, like well into the third quarter. Um, mm-hmm. And Nebraska comes roaring back with four, with three field goals uh, to win the game. So Nebraska's back. <laughs> Nebraska's back with their high-powered kicking it, game. Big Ten football is also back. I think it was uh, it was great to see. So it was, yeah, Big Ten weather started snowing, I think, in the second half. Uh, it was just a great atmosphere. The Nebraska fans were losing their minds during the 6-0. to At the time, it was like 6-0, to zero, and they're showing the Nebraska fans, and they're just going nuts because their defense got a stop. It was so bizarre to see that. Um, and obviously they got, the fans got rewarded, but man, it was, 
it added definitely added to the game. Their fans just losing their minds in Big Ten football. It was it was great to see. Dude, what happened to Michigan State? <laughs> Weren't they supposed to be something? I mean, they could say the same think, thing about Wisconsin, but I just feel like yeah, the last couple of years, Michigan State just hasn't been Michigan State. Yeah, they. Well, I think the last few years, the issue had been their defense. This year, it's definitely not their defense. They've been in some low-scoring games, although I think they got blown out by Michigan. Um, but their defense has kept them in games. They just don't seem to have an offense. I think maybe they're missing that running back that they've seemed to have the past few years or uh, something to open up uh, the offense and get points because they just they just aren't scoring. I think that's that's their issue. I thought they, they thought Lombardi would be that for them this year. The He's their quarterback. Um, and he, he just hasn't been, it hasn't translated. Uh, so that's, yeah, it's been a tough, tough year there. I think they had some expectations. I think they were kind of a, an outside shot to win the, the East, uh, kind of as, as a long shot because the, uh, the idea was the other three would kind of beat up on each other. Maybe Michigan State could feel, steal a few wins. Obviously that's not happening. Um, so anyway, uh, other Big Ten action: Maryland and Ohio State. Did that go? Was that just one overtime? Yeah, or one overtime. One overtime period. It was a high-scoring affair. Um, yeah. With Maryland, Maryland up most of the game, just shocking, shocking the world. Up two touchdowns in, in yeah. you know, in the second half. Um, Ohio State worked its way back, get it to OT. Actually, Maryland had the was up a touchdown. Yeah. With like less than two minutes left. And gave yep. the ball back to Ohio State, and they went down and scored. Yep. Goes to overtime. Maryland goes for two and the win. Unsuccessful. Mm-hmm. Everyone goes home sad. Um, but this whole game was, it looked like Urban Meyer was uh, getting sick or in some kind of pain <laughs> in the sideline. I think he's setting up for a uh, another retirement so that he can go to some other SEC school that is doing very well right now. <laughs> So that's that's my take yeah. on it. When, uh, but it's complete opposite of the other big thing game that was going on in Michigan, Nebraska. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I we've talked about the going for two. It seems like it's happening a lot more. Although I, it seems like they're more often than not being unsuccessful. Uh, this one, they had the right play call. They had the right. Uh, they had a guy wide open, uh, but the wide receiver just was drifting to uh, the quarterback's left, and the quarterback threw it. A little bit to the wide receiver's right, and he was unable to adjust and make the play. Uh, but he was wide open, uh, so I feel like you run that play again. Maryland is winning the game, uh, so that's I guess disappointing for them and disappointing for everybody who dislikes Ohio State, which is most of the rest of the Big Ten, uh, me included. <laughs> uh, other than that, uh, good teams won, yeah. right? Except for West Virginia. All, yeah, all the ranked teams won except for West Virginia. Couple of scares in there. Michigan had an early scare. Well, Alabama had a scare. They were tied with Citadel at halftime. Then they decided <laughs> to play in the second half and won by like 40 points. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah and Mich- or Notre Dame kicked the crap out of Syracuse. <laughs> I thought Syracuse was going to give them a game. Hand up. I was wrong. Mm-hmm. Did, not. <laughs> Did not do that. So, all in all, it'll be interesting to see what the, uh, I mean, it, it, the top four should stay the same. Um, but, yeah, we should see how the rest of the season sticks out with this week rivalry week. What did you think of Notre Dame's uniforms? They were disgusting. They were so <laughs> disgusting. I don't get their. I don't get why they. Like, what's the? I get they're playing at Yankee Stadium, but like, what's the marriage between Notre? I mean, I guess just front runners root for both teams. Yeah. that's the take on it. Yeah, um, but yeah, that was silly. Yeah, it's it was definitely a uh, obvious ploy to play to uh, the New York fan base, which I presume that Notre Dame's probably the like they are in Chicago, the number one team. Um, yeah. of of New York, oh, so Rutgers? I they was Rutgers. <laughs> not Rutgers, but but they still get the TV market yeah. money. Um, <laughs> they still get the Big Ten Network on their cable packages. So take that, New York. Um, yeah. So it was obviously for that. I didn't like it much either. I thought it was a good idea, poor execution. Uh, yeah. I guess um, on it. Uh, all right. Uh, that is anything else on the college footballs. Uh no, we well we should get we might be able to get used to that site of football being played at Yankee Stadium because I've seen some projections of having the Badgers at the New Era Bowl that is in. So. <laughs> Anyways, oh, that, besides yeah. that, no, yeah. I'm good. All right, all right. Um, 
on to uh, other college basketball, uh, and I think it is safe to say the Big Ten is back. Is back. Uh, there are, as of today's poll, seven Big Ten teams ranked, and I forgot to mention this when we were talking about Wisconsin, uh, including the Badgers, ranked 25th, which might be a bit early, but all right. Uh, but seven teams ranked, uh, big non-conference wins. Obviously, we talked about Wisconsin over Xavier. Michigan with an emphatic win over Villanova. Indiana handling Marquette. Iowa with big wins over UConn and 13th ranked at the time, Oregon. Um so Big Ten winning all over the place, and I'm ignoring all the times the Big Ten lost. Yeah, to no, well, you, games. you can do that. So does everybody else. So yeah. whenever these non-conference happen, and then we get into like the conference, especially get into conference play, and it's like th- all this matters because all the numbers and whatever they use for strength of schedule and, and, and getting seating in the tournament, it matters because mm-hmm. they only look at where the teams won, right? In, yeah, in general, sure. so we keep racking up wins, especially against quote unquote good teams. Um, mm-hmm. it looks good for the conference, and then our conference play looks good. Yeah. yeah and obviously we'll see uh, more of that will get flushed out as we have these uh, kind of location tournaments and then the Big Ten ACC Challenge, which I looked at a couple of the matchups, and it doesn't look great for, <laughs> for the Big Ten. Uh, Wisconsin, Wisconsin does play NC State in that. I think that, that one is winnable, but uh, it's like – yeah, it's like Duke, Indiana, and like yeah, they some always North Carolina, Michigan. They put together like these. Uh, I get why they put together the, na- the name brands, even if they're good or not. And like, yeah. so they always get like you get like Duke and Indiana. It could be like the worst down year for Indiana. Duke just pumps them by like thirty. But I mean, Duke's Duke's gonna pump anyone they play this year. Yeah, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. Uh, and we'll find that out. So uh, over the weekend, uh, college basketball fans, holiday tournaments, you get some. Surprise! I guess it's not a surprise because it happens every year, but it feels like a surprise. Day basketball uh, here, uh, starting I th- uh, starting now. It's happening now. I think so. Um, you can have that uh, during during the entire weekend and watch the. Uh, we got Maui tournament. College got Maui uh, at Battle for Atlantis uh, among among others. Um, when can you watch these kids play in, in much warmer weather in these small gyms as <laughs> here here in Wisconsin at least. Nice and cold, and eating eating Thanksgiving dinner or leftovers. So, I think that's it for the campuses, Marlo. Let's go to the professional ranks and onto the big leagues, Marlo. And I guess we'll start with the NFL and uh, I'll let you go with the Bears, so you don't have to contain your excitement any longer. <laughs> Prime time Sunday night, Bears Vikings. Um, not gonna lie, a little worried coming in. Although they did have Kirk Cousins, but we'll talk about that in a minute. But here nor there, Bears come out victorious. Yeah, defense is good, certified. Uh, offense is eh, certified. You know, Mitch throwing a couple, couple, couple errant throws, couple, couple interceptions. We want to talk about had a fumble, but defense came through with three turnovers, a a interception for touchdown, mm-hmm. a very timely one. Yeah. Um that was really kind of that was the difference in the game. Um Kirk being Kirk, he will get you to the game and then he will lose it for you. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, uh another key to the game was was the kicker Parkey who had been practicing all week at the stadium with helicopters above, news stations reporting on him practicing kicking. They had to go ahead and tell those news to stop that. He comes <laughs> with the clutch 49er, 49 yeah. field 49-yard field goal. Uh, to, to really put the Bears up. Uh, so, good game. Great, great, uh, great primetime win in this this week of three division games. Uh, got Detroit coming up on Thanksgiving. Uh, if we get that one, we're kind of in the driver's seat to for the division win. Um, so, for that, I'm feeling pretty good. Feeling pretty good about. But, some pause. And I have a, I have some, I have some sabermetrics, some stats for you, Casey. All right. On the Bears that made me, I've noticed this, but to see it in numbers, it kind of made me pause. All right. So the Bears' differential, his points differential, is this season by quarter. They're plus for the first quarter, they're plus thirty three. Second quarter, plus sixty nine. Third nice. quarter, plus thirty eight. Fourth quarter, minus thirty eight. Oh. And by half, first half, plus one hundred two. Second half. They're even zero. Interesting. So is that 
Should I be worried? Is this just numbers saying something it's not? Um, I guess I want you to be worried about it. <laughs> I think well, we've talked, you know, about first drive Mitch, right? Yep, this year. He's been great. Um, And I think he does well as long as things go his way and he doesn't have to um, make too many decisions. Even some of his really good plays, the uh, announcers were kind of honing in and like, look, this is his first option. He didn't have to go through his progression at all on this play. That guy got open. Uh, And that happens, it seems, a lot in the first drive but extend that a little bit to the first half then the second half when adjustments start getting made i think he gets a little bit uncomfortable out there um that's my that's my theory on it um you could also say that they're they could be ahead in the fourth quarter right and that's why they don't need to score more points the other team score more points to catch up that's yeah also a possibility um yeah but i don't know i don't know uh the as good as I just feel like watching this game, they were talking up uh, Trubisky because he was off to a, such a good start, and then as they're doing that, he throw he overthrows for that interception, the first interception, yeah. uh, and you're like, this is what seems to happen in almost every game. He never starts poorly; he does well, and then uh, makes uh, ends up making a mistake, and sometimes recovers and sometimes not. Yes, yeah, so I heard this hot take uh, this weekend that. It might be difficult for Tabishi the second time around playing the division teams the second time mm-hmm. because they'll, they'll kind of have his number because uh, they've seen him already, and then that that would kind of be the downfall. So it could be something. It could just be smoke. Uh, yeah. But those uh, those are interesting numbers, to say the least. So yeah. I want to get your take on it. Yeah. There was a an interesting take that I heard that uh, – or stat, and I'm, I don't have it in front of me. I, I heard it during the game. Uh, that the Bears, I think they were top five in offense and defense, something like that. Yes. And, like, a high percentage of teams who are that go to the Super Bowl. Um, so that very was worrying. Hectic. That was very worrying. <laughs> I'm not there yet. I'm no. Yet. No, I uh, it. The fact that they're top five in offense was very surprising to me. And I maybe they're not after this week. I don't know. I didn't look at it. It was, again, it was sent on a broadcast and I jotted it down. Um, but that was very worrying as you know, at that point the game was still undecided, and I was like, "Oh my god, are the Bears really gonna go on to be a really good team this year?" Uh, which I think we're both still up in the air about. Um, but obviously, not so much as <laughs> we were a week ago. Yeah, sad times, sad times. I'm Should we keep talking about sad times and move on to the Packers? Yeah, let's talk. Let's talk some Packers. They had a primetime game. They had a primetime game uh, Thursday night against uh, the Falcons. They uh, lost twenty-seven to twenty-four. We're up most of the game uh, and ended up losing. Um, and I'm trying. When I was prepping for the show, I was trying to get back to the frustration I had Thursday night because I was very frustrated at the time. I felt it was a very winnable game uh, that we just squandered. Um, uh, it feels like that happens a lot to Seattle, but it definitely feels like it happens a lot to this team this year. And I just go back to Rodgers and McCarthy, and I don't... Let's start with Rodgers, because I don't really know what to make of Rodgers. On the one hand, he's especially in this game, he's making huge plays and getting the ball downfield. On the other hand, he's just not looking... They're not looking for and not seeing his check down receivers. There's a a picture uh, that was taken on... I think it was when they kicked the field goal to go uh, to 24 points of Aaron Jones just standing like wide open at the 10-yard line and nobody in front of him. It would have been a pretty easy touchdown, but Rodgers is looking downfield. Um, and then on – so back to the good hand, you know, he's moving and creating time in the pocket, uh, getting out and getting those plays downfield um, as exemplified on his first touchdown, the 46-yard pass as he's running to his right. On the other hand, he's getting sacked on four third downs as he's trying to, you know, hold on to the ball longer uh, and, uh, you know, create time. Uh, I, I think he's just, I think he's given up on this team a bit and is just kind of fed up with the coaching staff, kind of fed up with McCarthy and given up on making the correct reads and making the right decisions. That he's still an amazing quarterback, and that's why he's able to do these things. But when it comes down to it and he needs to make the right decision to play uh, winning football, it, it just doesn't feel like he's doing it. So I have to either 
contend with that maybe he's not as good as he used to be, which I'm not willing to do and I don't think that's the case, or something's missing from him in his uh, effort this year. That was a lot longer than I thought I was going to talk about Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> so let's talk about Mike McCarthy, the other side of this coin, because uh, I don't know what he's doing. Um, we have the lead in the second half, and Aaron Jones, who is averaging like six, eight yards a carry, uh, touches the ball six times in the second half, which is an abomination of coaching. Um, it's fourth and two with four minutes left. We're on near the 50-yard line, and we might have been just on our half of the 50-yard, uh, our side of the 50-yard line. Uh, but four minutes left, one timeout, uh, and we punt the ball away, which doesn't make any sense. Uh, you need to go for it there. You need to go for the win. Uh and at that point, we only have one timeout, which I'm not sure if it's his fault. Some of that might be Rogers' fault, too, not having the timeouts. But it seems like we are constantly at the end of games missing timeouts or end of halves, and we're missing timeouts because of pre-snap timeouts where we're not ready to get the playoff. Uh, again, that might be some Rogers, might be some uh, McCarthy, but I just don't know how much longer McCarthy is coaching this team. I would be surprised if he's the coach on uh, when, whenever after the Super Bowl is. We're not going to make the Super Bowl, so I can say, like, January 1st. I would be very surprised. Uh, I don't know. That said, I don't know who a, a good replace. I don't have somebody that I would suggest replace. Lots of college coaches and OC, uh, I guess, offensive and defensive coordinators being thrown out there. Uh, but it just seems like McCarthy's kind of lost the locker room at this point. It's, it just feels like a frustrating lost uh season um and it seems like the players feel that um that's a that said packers play sunday night uh, <laughs> against the vikings it's a sunday night game in minnesota uh you know, win this you're essentially at 500 i don't know have a shot have a mind. shot have a shot at the wild card i don't see making up that much ground in the bears still do have a game against the bears but um the season's not over but it just it feels like is lacking uh, any sort of energy, and it's a weird spot to be in. We're not having, you know, an R E L A X relax statements. We're not having. No one's relaxing. Right we're now. not having run the table statements. We're having um, Randall Cobb saying, "Man, things just seem different this year," <laughs> like in a negative way, uh, and that's not great. So I'm, I'm glad you brought up Rogers and McCarthy because I heard a hot take over mm. the weekend. Uh, that I just share with you. I won't take credit for this. Credit goes to a random guy that I don't know at a kid's birthday party. Nice. Uh, but <laughs> guy sounds like he's in the know. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, basically said a new coach wouldn't matter because Rodgers does whatever he wants. So he's the problem. But Rodgers isn't. Rodgers does what he wants. Yeah, sure. But he doesn't create and he makes changes at the line of scrimmage. Sure. But he doesn't generate the schemes. He doesn't have a playbook per se. Um, you know, we're watching as we record this, or before we record this, uh, the the Chiefs Rams game, and the plays that these teams are running are just like foreign to me as a Packer fan. Like <laughs> there was a play where Kansas City faked a wide receiver screen to the right, then faked a uh, running back screen to the left, and then threw a tight end screen to the middle it was like what th this is so great it got six yards but it looked awesome and i don't know if we even do play action anymore in green bay it's ridiculous um so i think if you i think there's some truth to that that rogers rogers is going to be bigger than the coach right it's yeah it's, he's like lebron james in that sense like yeah. um he will be the one who makes the final decision kind of thing but he, I don't think he has faith in McCarthy's system anymore, faith in McCarthy's play calling. If you get another coach in there that he has faith in or can do those things better uh, and get Rodgers buying, I think that would be that would be the difference. Yeah. Um, I also have to apologize Thursday night, kind of. I was, I was, I was out, had a few drinks, and yeah. I was effectively uh, trolling Casey on like three different chats. Feeds. Yeah, <laughs> and I think it affected him. So I apologize. Yeah, yeah. That <laughs> was... You got a little triggered. A little triggered. Yeah, I was. Yeah, well, it was. I was fine, and then uh, Packer started not playing well, and then I was like, I can't handle this anymore. I need to get <laughs> off, get off the media's. Yeah. Uh, 
All right. Uh, all right. That's enough pack talk. Uh, on to other NFL news. Marla, what do we got around the NFL? We have to start with the news that Shefty dropped before kickoff. Yeah, with okay. reporting that the Browns were interested in Condoleezza Rice as their next head coach. Yeah. So she, yeah, so for like a uh, couple hours before kickoff, this was just all the rage, um, all over the place, and it was just—it's just weird. At yeah. first, I'm like, someone's either hacked Shefty's Twitter, <laughs> or or one of his sources is really messing with him. Right. I heard my my favorite conspiracy theory I've heard on this is that it was like a false flag operation by the Browns to figure out who's leaking stuff. <laughs> so they told like different people that like a different outland. This was in a, I think our, our text conversation. I don't remember who brought it up. Uh, so sorry to our friend who I can't remember now. Um, and they so they gave like different ridiculous um, suggestions on who they were going to hire as a coach to see who was, the leak was. Um, which is pretty cool. I think that'd be a great if that was true. Uh, the best comment I uh, saw for that, Rich Eisen uh, tweeted out, uh, including the news and saying, uh, does Donald Rumsfeld come as defensive coordinator as part of the package? <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was great. Uh, but it, I, this can't be a real thing, right? I mean, no, there's no I, way. I could see like some sort of like, associate coach like that and that would be ridiculous head coach i can't imagine like she's just there like to for management reasons but like somehow still a coach and not upper management uh i don't know it would be so weird i think it'd be where it like all stems from because she's a fan of the browns oh really that just gives me hope that if we get big enough one day we can be head coaches because we're fans yeah um yeah and people know us so I don't. It'd be so great. We're not quite as accomplished as <laughs> <laughs> in our in our non-football lives, so that might be a hang-up. Yeah, well, it you hang know, up. It, it'll, it'll trickle down. It's a trickle. Although, down. as far as I know, she does not have a podcast. So, ah, uh, well, she probably, yeah, probably. We got. Much. I could have. I could have looked into that, but yeah, <laughs> I didn't. Stats so, department. So let's say she doesn't, and then so we have that on her. So yeah, I'm not um, sure if that makes us more or less qualified. <laughs> right. Yeah, but that was that was breaking news, and it was almost pretty much you know actually more exciting than the day of football because it wasn't there wasn't too many it wasn't too many good games. Yeah, um, you had the Pittsburgh Jags where the Jags were winning that game up until they weren't winning at the last second. Uh, they were up. I think they were up six. Yeah, sixteen nothing at one point in the third yeah. quarter. Yep. Um, and then they let that slip away where Big Ben had a run with pretty much time expiring uh, to put that game away. Yeah, it seems like Jacksonville's not good at football anymore. Um, they just they had the lead and then couldn't do the bare minimum to to hold off Pittsburgh, and, which is strange because I feel like Jacksonville's had Pittsburgh number the last few times that they played. And as somebody who has Blake Bortles in uh, our <laughs> fantasy football league, uh, what a, what a fantasy football league we have where somebody is sad enough to play Blake Bortles, but that's me. That's we're here. Uh, so it, he did not do well. Although I'm still going to win because uh my opponent um Jordan is in worse worse shape. Uh, he I think he would be quick to say my first pick was Lavian Bell. So oops, I don't want to hear your Blake Bortles complaints. Uh, so fair enough. I just had a fantasy football argument with myself on the podcast. So thanks for tuning in, everyone. I'm sure that was really entertaining. Uh, all right. Uh, yeah. Well, right as we, as we record right now, the uh, uh, the Chargers, not Chargers, the Rams, yeah. Rams and the Chiefs are playing. And this game was supposed to be in Mexico City, right? Yeah. And they move it to L.A. Uh, but they're showing shots of Mexico City fans cheering at some random bar. Oh really? <laughs> I think that's, that's the most ridiculous thing ESPN could do. It's like we're not going to have the game there, but we'll put a camera in this bar. Nice. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> all right. So that's all I had for the NFL. All right. Same with me. Let's quick talk about the uh, I guess the podcast one thirty two breeze NBA derby. Uh, Bucks and Bulls played Friday night. Was it? Yeah. Friday night, um, with a 
tale of two halves. Uh, Bulls went into halftime up 18 points, ended up losing by 19. Bulls were on fire. Jabari Parker was playing like he had something to prove. Yeah, Could not miss from outside. It was a beautiful half going in up 18. Warm himself out. Yeah, it was great. It was so <laughs> awesome. And then I was the game, right? Game's over. You only play two quarters. Isn't that right? Yep. It's like college. Two halves. That's it. Yeah, that's, that's it. it. Good game. Nope. No one told Horborg that you have to play <laughs> a second half. Yeah. Bucks came out, dominated the second half. Shots started falling for them. Um, it... <laughs> It was really funny to see. Yeah, I think you carried over a little bit of your sass from Thursday night into Friday. Uh, <laughs> it was hitting me up in the first half, and then strangely went quiet in the in the second half. Uh, yeah, well, it's just the Bulls magically let an eighteen point lead go into a twenty one point deficit within a quarter. Yeah, only the Bulls can do that. Yeah. Only, <laughs> and that's something that the Bucks can do this year. Uh, if you listen to our, if you didn't listen to our interview. Um, with uh, Jacob's last week, was it, Marlon, that we yes, released that? last episode. Uh, we go into a little bit of the difference between this year's Bucks to uh, recent year's Bucks and uh, the three-point shooting and the ability to score in bunches and half quarters like this is one of uh, one of, one of the reasons, uh, or one of the differences, rather, and one of the reasons that they're able to do that. So go back and listen to that if you want more detail on what's different and how the Bucks are able to uh, turn games around like that. Which they did. They did again today on the Nuggets. They were down early, um, and then hit you know hit shots. Got to make shots, and uh, came back and won that game too. Yeah, and Jacobs Jacobs had a lot to say. We we were going a little back and forth on Twitter uh, about that <laughs> game. <laughs> so nice. I have a couple of tweets that didn't age very well. <laughs> <laughs> seldom do, seldom do. <laughs> All right, I think that's uh, that's it for the NBA. Um, I don't have much else kind of we're over kind of the early season hot takes and kind of getting into the the, the normal um nba season flow of things so not as well, the warriors the warriors are breaking up i don't think we talked about that oh yeah we didn't know warriors warriors are dying they're losing draymond and kevin then are fighting so lost three in a row yeah is this this it's over right the uh I saw the odds of what team Kevin Durant would play for next year. The Lakers are now the favorite for him to oh play. Um, and then the Warriors. So the I think it was Lakers plus 200, Warriors plus 350, and then I don't remember the rest of the teams, let's say. Um, I think it'd be so weird for him to go from joining you know, the Golden State Warriors as they are with uh, Curry uh, and Thompson and uh, green to then go join LeBron. That seems so strange. Uh, I don't know why. I, I guess I shouldn't be surprised at anybody joining anybody at this point. Uh, but it seems like a weird move for Kevin Durant, who thinks himself to be uh, the best player in the NBA. That would just be, that'd be so nasty. Ugh. I didn't mind the Kevin move to the Warriors, but I would mm-hmm. mind the Kevin moves with LeBron. I don't even care if it's just him and LeBron together. Just does it doesn't do it for me it doesn't yeah it doesn't feel right um yeah. but yeah they're, they're favorites that would make me sad um i guess i don't have a better spot for him to go or anything i don't have any other <laughs> suggestions for him uh kev if you're listening sorry man uh maybe stay put that's what i'd do um but yeah so i don't know long term i think if they winning will help they need to get back to winning um and i think if they win the title which they're still Huge favorites to do that. Uh, I would, it would be surprising to see somebody leave that situation. We've seen kind of, you know, big threes or whatever's break up, but it's just not after winning. It's after not, you know, losing, and then that creates the strife, and then and then somebody leaves. It would be, I'd say, unprecedented for that to happen if he did leave. All right, not All right, NBA. that's NBA talk. Enough, enough of me talking about the NBA. How about I talk about some soccer? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, sure. It's back. Everyone's favorite segment, Casey's Corner Kick. That's right. Yep. Uh, and I'm going to switch it up a little bit and take this one super local. Um, 
the, uh, I guess, previously unnamed uh, professional soccer team in Madison uh, now has a name and a logo. Uh, jerseys to come soon. They are Ford Madison FC. They are a USL Division Three team, uh, so it's a, it's a professional league. Um, 2019 will be the inaugural season. Uh, there are 10 clubs in the league. They're going to be playing home games at Breeze Stevens Field there on the east side. Uh, and, Merle, I think you've seen uh, it. That, but it, That spells. That seems like they should uh, have a little sponsorship. Well, <laughs> that's, right. that's right. We can be the uh, official podcast. Or we can, yeah. We'll, we'll, we're going to talk about them here. And if they want to, uh, you know, uh, help us out um, to talk about them, I wouldn't mind that. Uh, but their uh, logo, Marlo, I think I've showed this to you, or you might have sent it to me. Either way, you've seen it. If you haven't seen it, go uh, check it out, fellow fans. It is uh, contains a, plink, a pink flamingo, um, which is apparently the official bird of Madison. Did you know that, Marlo? I had no. What? No, it's I didn't official. know this. So the quote is, we also incorporated the official bird of Madison, the pink plastic flamingo. So it's not even a real flamingo. Wait, what? <laughs> plastic flamingo? Hey, this is according to the news article I read. Don't try and fact okay. check me on this. Uh, it was also popular name by the fans. Uh, let's go. The history of Madison connection with the plastic birds go back nearly 40 years. That's when, as a prank. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. Um, really. Yep, the plastic... Uh, Flamingos are placed by the thousands on Bascom Hill. Um, so they went with that. It's a really cool logo. I like it a lot. Uh, I was excited for this team, but now just kind of seeing uh, the name unveiling and kind of the, the, the logo, I, I'm pretty excited. Um, and while the season doesn't start soon, their uh, social media team is in prime form. Uh, they sent out a uh, tweet. I guess this will get back. To, we're getting back to all kinds of things. This is more of a, a tweet of the week type thing uh they said that we brought a new coach in to evaluate uh the trials this morning it's a picture of a plastic flamingo flamingo uh there you know looking over the field and then one uh twitterer said last time i saw that guy in wisconsin i was using him as a beer bong <laughs> and uh ford madison fc responded that wasn't on his resume <laughs> which is great so uh what Watch for that when the season starts. I'm really excited for uh, for the team and to have uh, professional soccer in Madison. Uh, it, it should be exciting. And Marlo, they are selling uh, standing room only tickets, so you can come in, cheer, bang drums, wave your supports uh, as you like. So I know that that is right up your alley, not having a seat and just walking around and banging a drum at a sporting event. <laughs> So, all right, that's it for uh, Casey's Corner Kick. I think that's it for the sports talk. That is it. Uh, we started off the show in this Thanksgiving week giving thanks to our sports, uh, but kind of wanted to end it on, on giving some true thanks out there. Do you want to start them off, Casey? Yeah, I guess uh, first we'll start with the misses. Um, you know, letting – I would say letting me. That sounds – not the right thing to say, but uh, working with me to allow me to watch the sports that I do, follow the teams that I do, and talk once a week on this podcast about them. Um, appreciate the uh, all the sacrifices that she does, but I guess specifically for the sake of this podcast, what she does to allow me to do that. Yes. Thanks to the missus for being the people behind the scenes to make sure this can happen. All right. I guess uh, to extend that other family... Um, for for you know supporting us to get here where we are in in I guess our daily non podcasting lives, um, and then uh, the group of friends uh, that you know we met in, in Madison Marlowe, including you know you who I do the podcast with. Obviously, oh thanks. This would not happen if I had met you back. <laughs> that that group of friends uh, who've continued uh, the conversations that we've had then into today. It's uh, you know a great group of guys that we have there, and I think has really built uh, what we are trying to accomplish here on this podcast and keeping that that together. Yeah, man, thankful for you. Otherwise, I'd just be talking to a microphone by myself. People probably wouldn't listen to that. <laughs> uh, but also, and I think. You should go without saying. Thankful to all the listeners out there, um, man. I, you know, I, I think we've said this a couple of times, but we've come further than I thought we thought we would do in the beginning. 
uh, from yeah. a simple, hey, we have a podcast email to our friends to just people listening now. Um, it's been a fun ride, and we thank you for being along with us. Yeah, definitely. Thank you, all the fellow fans. And have a have a good uh, good Thanksgiving. Hopefully, you have a good time with your your families, uh, whatever however that may look and wherever that may be. All right, that's it. That's it for me, Casey. All right, as always, follow us on the socials at Prof Badger Fan at Marlo Junior at One Thirty Two Breeze. Like, comment, download, subscribe, share on the podcast applications. And that, all those things, do those things. We appreciate it. Um, And until next time, fellow fans and Marlo, I hope that all your favorite teams win all the sports. Have a good Thanksgiving.